to Totalus Rankium. This week, Tiberius 2. Hello and welcome to American. Oh, I need that one day. Hello and welcome to Roman Emperors, Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all of the emperors from Augustus to Constantine Eleven, and this is episode 93, Tiberius Two. Oh. And you may notice a difference in sound quality this week. Mm. Or you may not. Depends on how well the new mic goes. We, we have two recording setups going at the same time, our old recording setup, and we're testing today a brand new one. Which we might use if this works. Yeah. Who knows? It only took us, what, two years? Yeah. Before we, we finally... Well, we tried other things and just failed miserably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You may remember about a year ago us trying to sort out um, a better microphone and us saying it wasn't working. We gave that microphone to several people. We purchased stuff to replace various different parts and it still just would not work. No. Who knows what happened there? And then it lived in a cupboard for about six months because it made us sad. But now we have a new microphone <laughs> that looks really cool, actually. Yeah, it's like a big round ball. Yeah, so uh, we're using that now. Yeah. yeah, maybe, or maybe not. Maybe this doesn't work when I test it and we're using the old style, but I'll keep all this in, yeah. in anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Right, well, if we do end up cutting all that out, the, the episode now starts here. So, here we are with Tiberius 2. Yeah, remember the first one. I remember the first one. Absolutely mental. It was a while ago, wasn't it? It was. It was. Our third episode. Yes, we left in our last episode, episode 92, with the Empire in a mess, you may remember. Yeah, I'm thinking this episode, the only way is up. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Italy was being settled by the Lombards, and there was nothing anyone could do to stop that. The Avars were spreading their wings in the Danube region. And worst of all... A war with Persia had erupted. Yeah. And Justin II was mad. <laughs> he was absolutely furious. And as we saw, his wife Sophia and Tiberius stepped up to take over, so we're going to see how that went today. Okay. But before we do, let's look at sequels. Because <gasps> it's Tiberius II today. It is, yeah. It is, yeah. And it's always hard to be a number two. <laughs> so uh, I decided let's have a quick look into number twos and how they did in comparison to their number ones that's, that's nice yeah so our first number two was episode 30 Gordian 2 yeah oh yeah he actually did better than his original Gordian 1 okay yeah he got 4.01 <laughs> whereas Gordian 2 got 7.26 yeah neither got Jeanne Caesar they were both utterly rubbish so I'm not actually counting this one as a win for Gordian 2 no because he was pathetic fair enough then we had Claudius 2 he scored a very reasonable sort of 21.69 that's alright he did not score as high as the original Claudius though who got 36.98 and neither got Jeanne Caesar Aww. And then we had Severus 2, a shocking 4.38 compared to the original 39.75. So that was, wasn't a good sequel. No. Constantine 2 got 4.88, obviously failing in comparison to his original, who is currently in second place yeah. with 51.88. That's over 10 times better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Valentinian 2 only got 3.13. <laughs> <laughs> Far worse than the 47.38 that the original Valentinian got. Theodosius 2, actually, eh, not too bad. 
our best number two, 24.50. But still far worse than the original Theodosius. Leo 2, well, (laughs) you got 0.20. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's not all of them. I did actually miss two out. There are two sequel emperors that so far have beaten their namesakes. Oh, um, Galerius, no. No. Maximian. One of the Maxes. <laughs> no. Severus too. We just literally talked about Severus too. Oh, sorry. You didn't do very well. Gordian too. <laughs> no. No. You gonna give up? Yeah. Okay. One of them you should have got straight away. Justin two. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah Justin two beat Justin one. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, well, yeah. He would. Yeah, and the other was our season one finalist, Constantius II. Oh, of course. Yeah, I managed to get all the way to the final. Yeah. So uh, those two did all right. So after after all that brief recap, there's clearly a history of number twos not being as good as number ones. Mm. So how do you think creation. Tiberius II is going to fare? What did Tiberius I score? 36.88. Oh, okay. So uh, that's a reasonable score. It's not amazing, but it's a reasonable score. I'm, I'm not hopeful. Let's just leave it at that for now. Okay. Well, let's see, shall we? Tiberius was born in 520 in Thrace, possibly. (laughs) We're not really sure. He might have been born a bit later than that, but it's around that time. Okay. There you go. That's his early life. (laughs) Good. That's about all we know. There are a couple of things we can infer. Apparently, he was quite the looker. Ooh. Oh, yes. I quote here. He was one of the tallest and most comely of the Romans. Comely? Yeah. Who is that emperor with amazing hair? Majorian. Major- oh, he's got Majorian. Yeah. I think we've got another Majorian on our hands here. Oh, yeah. He, he was tall, chiselled looks, knew how to swing an axe. Yeah, with his shirt off. Yeah. Do you think he had portraits of himself? If he looked that good, you would do. Probably. Mirrors on the ceiling again. He quite often just took his shirt off in the laundrette, <laughs> which I probably said Majorian did, so he did the same. Yeah, birds of a feather, those two. That's true, yeah. Yeah, so we, we know that he was damn good looking. Nice. Yeah, and uh, at some point he would have moved to the capital. Whether it was after he'd become a civil servant or not, who knows. But he became a notarius. Notarius. Linked to the word notary. Wrote things down? Yeah, yeah. His job was to draw up documents, essentially. Okay. Um, yeah, that was his job. He That's did good. that in the capital. Nice. He did it whilst looking damn good. Oh, yeah. Oh, he held that pen like a... Like, oh, a, yeah. like a model. Yeah, he, he was literally the poster boy for the office. Put up <laughs> posters. Fancy joined the civil service, and there's just a photo of him on oh, the banner. Pouting. Yeah. Duck face. Yeah. <laughs> now, we have no way of knowing how, but at some point he makes contact with the patriarch of Constantinople. So I'm guessing he was walking through the streets and saw one of the civil service posters and went, oh. I could do that. <laughs> I don't know. Pay a visit to this young civil servant. Apparently they got on quite well. And through the Patriarch of Constantinople, Tiberius met and became good friends with Justin, the nephew of Justinian. Aww. Yeah. And also at some point he met and got married to Inno? I know. In I N O. How would you go about pronouncing Eno. that? Eno. Yeah. Sounds like an eighties rock band. <laughs> but yeah, Eno. Daughter of a man named Uanus, or Janus, or Janus, or John. John. Uh, Let's go with John. Yeah. So, her name was derived from John. Joan. Maybe we'll just call her Joan. Okay. Yeah. So, he's done all right for himself, really, hasn't he? He's done right. He's he's gone into the capital. He's now 
hobnobbing with the hobnobs. Yeah. It's all good. Having these ties, brilliant for career progression, because in around 564, he was given the job of Master of the Excubators. Ooh. Bit of a promotion, that. Yeah. Oh, who should give this job to? Him! Give it to him! He can't, he's never held a sword in his life. Give it to him. Oh, but you know when he does hold a sword for the oh. first time. Oh, he holds that sword. Oh, he holds it. Yeah, I mean, some people are just born to lead, and clearly this is Tiberius. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not long after this that the great Justinian died. Aww. Justinian would have been the emperor for pretty much all of Tiberius's life, so this would have been a big deal. Tiberius was a small child when Justinian took over. That's true, yeah. Yeah, he ruled for a long time, remember. As we saw last time, there was a lot of confusion in the palace for a short while, until Callinicus, who was with the emperor in his last moments, announced that Justinian had declared that Justin, son of Vigilantia, would become emperor. Nice. And I'm guessing that having Justin's best friend, the new head of the guard, with a sword by his side nearby did nothing at all to convince Callinicus <laughs> that this was the right thing to say at this time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Steely eye across the room. <laughs> It's not a face you want to disappoint. No. no. So Tiberius would have been there when Justin was held upon his shield in the Hagia Sphere. Oh yeah. Standing at the side, checking the ceiling for cracks. Yeah, and Justin just thankfully had worn underwear that day. Yeah, being which, held up by that. which was always nice. Tiberius also would have been there when Justin went to the Hippodrome and pleased the crowd by announcing that all the royal debts would be paid off. Nice. And he would have been there when the Avars arrived. <laughs> Looking very confused. What are they doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are they in a giant catapult? I don't understand. Is, is this meant to be impressing us? <laughs> I don't, don't understand. That one's squawking. So yeah, this this was the meeting where the Avars came along and said that deal with Justinian we had about him paying us money and we won't invade. That's still on, isn't it? And this is also the meeting where Justin said, no, we are no longer paying anyone. So, as we saw last week, the Lombards then defeated the Gepids and moved into Italy, and the Avars invaded the Dalmatia area. And Tiberius was given a promotion. He became Master of the Armies. Ooh. With clear instructions, go and deal with the Avar threat. We thought it was funny to begin with, but it turned out in those silly costumes there's a lot of sharp swords. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> They actually know how to use those catapults. <laughs> They're actually quite fierce on the battlegrounds. Yeah. They kind of swarm you. You never really know where they're coming from. <laughs> they start by throwing eggs, but it gets worse. <laughs> We're all having a bit of a laugh about it to begin with, but now it's looking like Hitchcock's The Birds. Around here. <laughs> My eyes! <laughs> yeah. We really need to do something about the Avars. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have very little detail on this war. Tiberius started well, apparently, defeating the Avars in battle in 570. However, the next time they met in battle, the Roman army did not fare quite as well. Soon, they were routed. Ooh, painful. Oh, yes, and as the army were fleeing, Tiberius was almost killed. Ooh. We don't know how. I just think he tripped on a rock and... He stubbed his toe, was it? Yeah, he wasn't killed at all. It's just really dramatic about it. Or an arrow, but he tucked in a little book into his shirt pocket that morning, oh. and the arrow hit the book. Well, those are photographs of himself in a bit bound together. <laughs> well, I say book, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's his special personal book. Yeah. And he took the death of that book harder than he would have taken the death of himself. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard getting hold of photographs back then. <laughs> yeah, very expensive. Yeah. Anyway, the, these battles go on for about three years. Tiberius is forced to a truce. He is then forced into agreeing to lead the Avar envoys back to the capital. 
So he's got to go back to Constantinople with a bunch of Avars. You ruined my pictures. <laughs> he's not happy. No, Avars look really, really smug. Yeah. Ruffling their feathers. <laughs> Taking their beaks off and giving them a polish. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, whack. <laughs> well done, Simon. <laughs> Tally a hair. Tally a hair. Yeah. So all the way back to Constantinople they go. Tiberius is in charge of the, this envoy, so he needs to protect them. It was fine though, the journey went absolutely fine. They arrive in Constantinople. Justin meets with the Avars and finally agrees that he will pay the Avars their money. In fact, more money than they originally asked for. Oh. Yes. The Avars agreed to stop attacking. Good. This must have been galling enough for Tiberius, but it got worse because on the way back, Tiberius was still in charge of protecting the envoys. He now had to lead them back. And suddenly, one night, the party was attacked by local tribesmen. They stole all of the Avar stuff and ran off with it. Hmm. All their bird costumes. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> so they're only wearing armour left. Yeah. That must be so embarrassing. So embarrassing. I mean, to an Avar, that was like being naked. <laughs> yeah. So Tiberius was forced to go and track down these tribesmen and return the Avar's belongings to the Avar's. So he's fighting little skirmishes against Romans for the Avars and he's hating every moment of it. But at least it's easy to track them down, just follow the feathers. Yeah. <laughs> Finally came across a tribe just looking bemused in these bags. <laughs> anyway, Tiberius gets the belongings back, gives it to the Avars, and the Avars return home, so everything is alright in the end. But Good. Tiberius is grinding his teeth slightly. Yeah. He's not happy. Still, nothing can really be done because war then breaks out with Persia. And as we have seen, the Emperor went utterly mad. Yeah, he did. Together, Sophia and Tiberius discuss how to handle this situation. Now, again, we don't really have details of what the relationship was like between Tiberius and Sophia. <whistles> well, according to rumour, Sophia did try and seduce Tiberius. But this is just a rumour. Don't forget he is married to Joan. That doesn't bother Romans, though. Yeah, well, maybe it was a good egg, and it did oh. bother him. Yeah. I mean, at this time, Tiberius was not permitted to bring his wife or his children into the palace. Sophia just banned them. You can't come into the palace. Only you, Tiberius, with your strong jaw. <laughs> we have no idea whether Sophia tried to get in with Tiberius at this point. It's more likely she was just attempting to ensure that there was no coup attempt by Tiberius. If his family don't move into the palace, then it's less likely he'll just take over. Huh? Well, if he and his family are in the palace, they look like a royal family. Ah. Uh, if it's just him, it looks like he's working for Justin. He's a general doing his job. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just the optics were different. Professional distance. Yeah, exactly. So um, Tiberius doesn't like this much. No. Anyway, Sophia had paid off Khosro, the king of kings of Persia at the time, to stop fighting in Syria just to give them some breathing space. Justin's absolutely mad. We need to figure out what's going on. And they soon come up with a plan because shortly after this, during one of Justin's good days, he proclaims his friend Caesar. So Tiberius is now officially the heir. Mm. Now again, obviously, a lot of politics lost time here. Tiberius saddled with a name that hardly inspired anyone anymore. A yeah. pagan emperor from hundreds of years ago that had a dubious reputation, to say the best. Yeah. Uh, so he changes his name to Tiberius Constantine. 
Ah, yes. Christian Emperor. Exactly. So he would become Emperor Constantine one day, but he's not known as that to history. He's known as Tiberius too, because there were already enough Constantines. Yeah. Yeah. Eleven, I hear. No more. Really? Yeah. As we'll find out. However, despite the fact he was now the proper heir, Sophia again made it very clear that he is subordinate to the Emperor. Tiberius seems to have fully moved into the palace at this point, but his wife still wasn't invited along. So he's still frustrated. Apparently they had to live in a little house next to the palace. I bet it's a lovely house, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I say little house compared (laughs) to the palace, but probably not a hut. (laughs) So Sophia also made sure that the keys of the treasury was also held by the Emperor only. Yeah. I.e. herself. Yeah. Because don't give them to Justin whatever you do. You'll eat them. Yeah, this made sure if Tiberius did get any ideas, he would not have the money to back those ideas. So again, he's being kept firmly in his place. Good. However, if Sophia feared the idea of Tiberius getting ideas for a coup, the public were more than happy with the idea of Tiberius as emperor. Mm. He was popular. Well, look at him. Exactly. He just looked like an emperor. Yeah. He did. Um, he was far more popular than Justin was, far more popular than Justinian ever had been. Really? Yeah, Justinian certainly had his uh, detractors at the time. I guess at the end, yeah. Yeah, whereas uh, this young, handsome new lad, he seems cut from the right sort of cloth. Ooh, carved from marble. Yeah. He's always got his shirt off. That's actually a statue. Uh, that one that one over there is the oh, new emperor. Oh, even better. Yeah, conversations like that all yeah. over the place. Yeah. So yeah, several reasons why he was so popular. One, he was liked by the Senate, whose uh, power had been greatly reduced to practically nothing at all by this point by Justin and Justinian. (laughs) Tiberius was heard to say things such as, aren't the Senate wise and good, eh? Oh. Just say things like that occasionally, slip them into conversation. Yeah, have such respect for the Senate. When he'd meet senators, he'd give them a handshake, but like one of those handshakes where you almost grab half their arm and then you grab their hand with your other hand oh wow shaking their whole arm almost but they feel so included yeah yeah and as he leaves he then puts his hand on their shoulder oh yes yeah oh a firm grip yeah not not hurtful no just a yeah reassuring yeah not an overcompensating grip no no just a I feel safe in this hand kind of grip that's the kind of handshake he'd do wow yeah so I mean he'd do that with the senate Secondly, he also did it with the Deems, in particular the Blue Faction, but as far as we can tell with both of them. After the Nika riots in Justinian's reign, Justinian had spent a long time stripping these factions of their power. Mm. Understandably, they had practically destroyed the city. Uh, However, Tiberius was occasionally heard to say things like, Are the Deems good and wise? Wouldn't it be nice if, I don't know, they just had a bit more power? Now he'd go around and do his handshakes again. Oh, I love that. Oh, yes. He'd make references to charioteers from the olden days, and uh, he'd even pass the new boys that are learning how to ride and give them a wink and a point. Oh, oh. And a little click of the tongue. Yeah, he'd do that. I'm liking him as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He knew how to do his stuff. Yeah. And then finally, he was just damn good looking and a military man. He'd prove him himself in the battlefield. He tried and fought the Avars, and he looked good whilst doing it. <laughs> and true. as much as we are joking here, there's certainly some truth to be said that looks matters in politics. Of and they do. when someone looks like an emperor, they're always going to be given the benefit of the doubt a bit more. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah. So Tiberius is basically doing the rounds at Caesar at this point, and everyone starts to love him. Also, a stroke of luck, 
helped raise his esteem with the people, because the day after he was made Caesar, the plague, which was currently yet again doing the rounds in Constantinople, suddenly came to an abrupt end. Literally the day afterwards, apparently. That's weird. People the day before were hacking up bits of black puss, and then the next day, what's that? Tiberius is Caesar. <coughs> <Ooh>. Wow. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> Quick, clear up the dead bodies. <laughs> Clean everything. Why, you soap? You soap? <laughs> and miraculously, it disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, so, I mean, it's everything's looking pretty good, really, isn't it? I mean, yeah, the emperor's mad, but eh, we've got Tiberius now. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, not only did he get on with everyone, not only was he damn good-looking whilst holding a sword, he was also blessed by God himself. <laughs> because how else would can we explain the ending of the plague? That's true, yeah. yeah. Sophia would not have missed any of these things, and would have reasonably started to fear for her future once Justin died. Perhaps it's around this time that she got in contact with none other than Justinian. Huh? Not the Emperor. Okay. She's not, like, calling him from beyond the grave. Ah, oh, seance. Do you remember last episode? Do you remember other Justin? Oh, yeah. The one that... Yeah, his head got cut off. Yeah. And, uh, do you remember that he had a brother called Justinian? Oh, okay. And he's now in charge of the armies in the east. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Sophia may have written a letter to Justinian at this point, but mm, who knows? Who knows? Let Roger run off with that letter, but don't follow it. We're going to stay with Tiberius. Okay. Yeah, because in the meantime, Tiberius had found something. Apparently, he was walking through the palace one day... And he noticed a paving slab <gasps> with the Lord's cross on it. Oh. Oh. It's unusual, he thought. Tiberius was not happy that the Lord's cross was on the floor. And I quote, We ought to adorn our foreheads and breasts with our Lord's cross. And behold, we trample it under our feet. So don't walk on the symbol. Put it up somewhere high. Yeah, basically. Although I'm guessing most people around him just sort of blushed a bit when he said the word breasts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he ordered that the slab be pulled up. I mean, we can't have this on the floor. I'm going to give you three guesses as to what he found underneath the slab. Nothing? No, that's one guess. A cellar? No, two guesses. Dead body. The head of Justin. <laughs> they put it there after playing yeah, football. Yeah. No, no, it was not. Oh. That was four guesses. They found. You ready for this? Yeah. Another slab. <gasps> yeah. Right. And that's the end of that story. No, it's not. Okay. We're only halfway <laughs> through that story because Tiberius, then curious, says, "Take that one up then and see what's underneath that." Three guesses. Another slab? Oh, you got it one this time. Yes. Yes. Tiberius, in a determined mood, <laughs> orders that the third slab be removed. Take a guess. Don't know. Another slab. It wasn't another no. slab this time, no. <laughs> That'd be stupid. A body. A no. grave. No. A cave. A ghost. No. No. Um, no. Some some keys from a piano. That would be interesting. No. No. Um, a musical instrument. No. No. A letter. No. Uh, the charred remains of Jesus himself. No. The charred remains of the cross. No. Soil. Ant's nest. No. Foundations. No. Nothing. No. The never. <laughs> no. I don't know. No, you, you keep on going until you get this. <laughs> <laughs> a sofa. No. A bed. No. A chicken. No. A gosling. No. A chest of drawers. No. 
religious iconography iconic icons <laughs> no something religious no a bat no wallpaper no toilet seat no a jug of water no jug of lemons a fish in a bowl no a dead fish no a takeaway menu no a pizza no tomatoes no coffee no curry no something that ticks no does it make a noise no it doesn't make a A cellar. No. A door. A hatch. No. no. A fire pit. No. I give up, don't I? <laughs> are, you, are you actually giving up? Yeah, I'm actually giving up. You're going to kick yourself but you didn't get it. Go on. Gold. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I said jewellery and treasure. You didn't say treasure. I would have okay. said yes for treasure. You said jewellery and I said, ooh, no. But then oh. you went down a different route. At least I don't think you said treasure. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that was my next guess. If you did, I'm going to edit it out. So it sounds like you didn't. Anyway, <laughs> it wasn't just gold he found. He found a huge amount of gold. Just buried under the palace. Yeah. Under yeah. the slab. This wasn't just a small sum. This was serious money. And it was just buried under the floor. And he just found it. Obviously, this is a dubious story. Who knows how he got hold of the money, but he got hold of some money. Nice. And this story was probably put about to explain how this money suddenly appeared. I found it under a slab. Yeah, ignore that burning town over there. (laughs) (laughs) But his luck did not end there, because shortly after all this, he was approached by an old man. And apparently he said, If it profit me anything, I will tell you, Caesar, an important thing. The treasure of Narses is hidden away, which I, being close to the end of my life, can no longer conceal. Hmm. Yeah, it turned out this old man used to work for Narses. And he was the last man alive to know where Narses had hidden a huge amount of gold. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tiberius probably said, it's not under the slabs, is it? Because if it is, you're too late. I've already got it. But no, this was another hidden cache of gold, wow. apparently. Okay. Tiberius sent men to where the old man had directed, and hidden in a cistern in Narsi's old villa, there was another huge sum of gold and silver as well this time. Ooh. Apparently there was so much there, it actually took several days for them to empty it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Now, there's no way to estimate this sum, but it was a lot. We'll just say it was a lot. Remember, Narsi's had uh, risen up with Justinian. Mm. and um, wasn't known for being the most honest of men although efficient so yeah it was his entire wealth wow Tiberius go on oh I hesitate to do this give you three guesses (laughs) (laughs) as to what he did with that money pay people off no he doesn't spent it yeah but in a certain way in a certain way um oh big bust of himself a gold statue of himself no he gave it to the poor what of the city what yeah he just gave it all away apparently what a communist <laughs> i know <laughs> um wow as you can imagine uh people quite liked him after that yeah you should be emperor <laughs> you should. right now because the one at the moment is literally licking a chicken <laughs> <laughs> and and you're finding gold all over the place and giving it to us. <laughs> <laughs> You'll do. <laughs> yeah. But that wasn't all. The charm offensive didn't stop there. He then announced that all the heavy taxes on bread and wine were to be lifted. Oh, brilliant. With, his well, pop- with the new money, I guess you don't need to. Discovered more money and there's more money flowing around, so you probably don't need to tax as heavily. Possibly. Or maybe, certain things. Maybe he just wants to be more popular, though. Yeah. With his popularity at an all-time high... He approached the Avars. 
he renegotiated the peace deal. He told them, we're not going to pay you not to attack anymore. That was an intake of... That's <laughs> a birdie breath. <laughs> Instead, how about I still pay you, but for the money, you defend the Danube area. Nice. The Avars agreed. So Tiberius was then able to remove troops from the Danube, freeing him up to do other things. The paid truce with Persia was still on, so Tiberius sets his sights on Italy. Remember, the Lombards are moving in. Oh, yeah. Justin had been unable to respond to this invasion slash migration, but with some spare troops and a lot of goodwill in his pocket, Tiberius felt like he was able to make a move. He sent a general named Bedarius, possibly, off with reinforcements to Italy. However, despite helping to defend Rome, as in the city, Rome at one point, Bedarius was defeated and killed by the Lombards within a year. Mm. So this didn't really work out, but uh, he, he gave it a shot. However, Tiberius was unable to respond to his defeats in Italy, as Khosrow had decided to push into Armenia, technically not breaking the peace deal, because the peace deal was in Syria, not in Armenia. Mm. But it was clear that Rome's focus had to be on the east and not Italy anymore. Yeah. However, Tiberius didn't completely ignore Italy. He spent huge sums of money bribing Lombard dukes not to elect a new king. I can't defeat you, I can't kick you out, so fine, stay in Italy, but just don't elect a king for yourself. The old one had just died, so just don't get a new king and uh, you can stay. Hmm. And this this works. Yeah. Yeah, this, this bizarre plan to try and keep them weak for a while seems to be working. So Tiberius turns his attention to the east and had the master of armies over there, Justinian, start to campaign. But then the Slavs started raiding across the Danube. Usually this would have been a problem because he'd have to pull back his troops and let the Persians get the advantage. But he's got the bird people. But he's got the bird people, yes. The deal with the Avars pay off. Tiberius provided boats and the Avars went into Slav territory, raiding the raiders' homeland. This was enough of a warning to halt the Slav menace for now. Nice. Although I'd like to think the Avars scoffed when Tiberius offered them boats to get across the river. Ha! We don't need them. We shall fly. But actually, no, if we could have the birds, that'd be fantastic. Just in case, yes. So, with the Danube area for now sorted, Tiberius again is able to look back east. Justinian, the commander, started very well. Khosro had managed to sack cities quite deep into Roman territory, but soon Justinian was pushing them back and managed to get the Persians on the wrong foot. The Persians retreated back over the Euphrates, and Justinian was able to push the advantage, resulting in many Persians drowning as they fled. And then he followed them. In fact, Justinian was able to raid into Persian territories that bordered the Caspian Sea. We've rarely seen an attack so deep into Persian territory before. Yeah. This deals Khosrow a huge psychological blow. This was as bad to Khosrow as when he invaded Syria to Justin. Yeah. If that sentence made sense. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is a huge win. However, Justinian perhaps had bitten off more than he could chew because he was soon defeated and was forced to retreat back. Tiberius, unhappy with his general, decides to replace him with a man named Maurice. Maurice. Or Morris. Maurice. <laughs> Maurice. I am a Frankish origin. Maurice. Oh, that is Maurice. <laughs> oui, monsieur, that is Maurice. I'm from Lower Gaul. <laughs> I come all the way through Italy. Come to Constantinople to help you out. Well, you're enjoying the accent so much you've not even written his name down yet. Because you need to put a box around that. 
Sie freuen schon <lacht> Oh, mon ami! Sag mal bleu! This is so fantastique! Is he the next one? Tell me so! You'll find out. You'll find out later. You know what? I've been looking at Maurice, like, his name all week. I just, just think of it as a bit of a naff name. It didn't even occur to me that it was French. Oh, um, oui, oui, monsieur. <laughs> He's a French empereur. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the moment, he was in charge of the excubitors. Oh, very flamboyant, I guess. Yeah. Now, Tiberius spends a while with all these different plates in the air. The Avars were keeping the peace in the Danube for now. The Lombards were politically weak for now. The internal religious disputes were kept at bay due to Tiberius making various appointments that pleased both Orthodox and Monophysites, breaking from Justin II's persecutions of the Monophysites. There's a lot going on. And Tiberius is just about keeping on top of it all. <laughs> but then Kuzro manages to attack again. Maurice counter-invades and forces Persia to withdraw. And it's at this point, finally, that Justin II dies. He's not the emperor, is he? No, no, all this time. I mean, he's, he's ruling <sighs> everything. But you've got Justin making chicken noises in the background. So. <laughs> See, Tribulus has done really well so far, but we may not be able to count too much of that based on him being an emperor. You say this every time, but oh, we right. always, always do oh, judge yeah. them like that. Of course we do. <laughs> <laughs> There's been countless precedents for us counting their pre emperor times. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course, and you knew that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. In fact, I believe it was Tiberius One's episode we made that precedent, because he did oh, lots probably. before he became emperor, mm, and we decided true. we would judge it on... But on further emperors, we've gone, no, we can't judge him on that, because he wasn't emperor at the time. Have we? We probably have. It's the kind of thing we'd do if we didn't particularly like one of them. Oh, uh, no, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, carry on, let's see. Let's see how it does. Well, political tensions that have built up over the last four years were about to explode. Sophia had done a very good job at protecting herself and Justin from being deposed, but she'd managed to fight herself into a corner. Now that Justin was no more, she no longer had any power herself. So she enacted Plan A. Marry Tiberius. He's got a wife. Well, yes, but that certainly hasn't stopped people in the past. Mm. She approached the Patriarch of Constantinople and convinced him to talk to Tiberius. Just put in a good word for me. And as far as I could tell, this is a different Patriarch to the one that Justin punched in the face. Okay. But perhaps because of that story, he was uh, more than willing to... Yeah. ...to do what's fair last. <laughs> Whatever. So he went off to Tiberius. Tiberius was far from convinced. He was not happy that he'd been forced to keep his wife away all this time, and he just didn't see how he would benefit from this proposal. Sophia claimed that it would lend him more legitimacy, but Tiberius was already far more popular than Justin had ever been. Point. So why associate with Justin by marrying his widow? They just didn't see any point to it. So, thinking that this ended the matter, Joan moved into the palace and changed her name, because no one could pronounce it, <laughs> to the more regal Anastasia. Yeah, that works. However, this simple move caused many problems. Well, not many, one big problem. Reports of riots in the Hippodrome came to Tiberius's ears. I wonder who started these. Well, actually, apparently it was Tiberius, uh, inadvertently. Uh, apparently the Blues were really pleased with the name Anastasia, but the Greens wanted Helena. It's not even your name! What does it matter? <laughs> I'm asking you to call yourselves it. Yeah, I couldn't find out how this led to a riot. <laughs> just one blue and one green in a pub somewhere. Just, oh, I think Anastasia's a great name for a new empress. Well, I think it's rubbish. I think it should be, um... 
Helena, Helena. And you just hear the sound of the glass smashing on the bar. Come at it, lads! <laughs> and then, yeah, literally, it, it fades to black. It says 30 seconds later, it comes up, and the entire hippodrome is just rioting. <laughs> yeah. Like solid marble on fire. <laughs> yes. That sort of thing. Yeah, so uh, we've got riots. It certainly highlights how temperamental the deans were. <laughs> Perhaps in an attempt to ease tensions, he announced huge tax cuts to last for the next four years. Things seemed to settle down for a bit. And then word reached him that a plot against him had been discovered. None other than Sophia and Justinian were working on a coup attempt. Oh no. We have unfortunately no details on this, so presumably the coup was caught early, or it was simply made up by Tiberius to cut Sophia down before she became a problem. Either way, Sophia was stripped of all her titles and essentially put under house arrest. Interestingly, Justinian was forgiven. Might be something to do with a huge gift of gold that he gave to Tiberius <laughs> as soon as news of the coup came out, but I'm sure that was purely coincidental. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, Persia was still licking their wounds. They'd recently been dealt a bit of a blow, so Tiberius looked west once more. Ravenna was in trouble, apparently, so he sent troops to go and reinforce the old capital. And on top of this, he formed a peace treaty with some Goths in Spain, cooling things off there a bit. Remember, they've got land in Spain at this point. Mm. Yeah. Also, his master of armies in Africa managed to put down a revolt, so there's little bits going off all over the empire, and he's generally administrating it. Good. However, all was not well. The Avars couldn't help but notice that the Danube area was very free of Roman troops. And they're just a bit bored. So they decide to siege Sirmium. You remember the Romans managed to get Sirmium back last episode when Justin took it from Cunnymund. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the Avars are now sieging it back again. On top of this, they stopped halting the Slavic raids. So the Slavs are now coming in and raiding yet again. So I'll be furious with the emperors. I paid you all this money to do this job. You're not doing it. I want money, I want money back. Well, Tiberius was furious, but he couldn't do anything because Khosro had just died. And this meant the Persians had a new king, Hormitz IV. And he was not one for peace talks. Oh, okay. No, Tiberius had hoped the two empires would come to peace with the Persians agreeing to return Dara in return for Persian land in Armenia that the Romans had managed to claim. Yeah. However, the new Persian king was in no mood to bargain and turned the offer down. Well, fine, thought Tiberius. He'd just have to use force. But then Roger arrived. Hello, sir! <gasps> Roger's an Avar. What? It just occurred to me. They've got the same accent. Oh, my goodness. That explains why he can always deliver things so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a carrier pigeon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unless the Avars base their entire culture on Roger. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, maybe you went to deliver a message to them one day. Or maybe they grew up in the same region, because Roger's been around for a long time. A bizarrely long time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Anyway, he arrives with a letter. The army in the east were close to mutiny over pay. Maurice still was in charge over there and had decided the best way to cheer up the soldiers was to keep them busy. And there's ballet! <laughs> and they went on the offensive. Oh, okay. Maurice gets all the way to Tessaphon. Ooh. We've not seen that in a while. Unfortunately for him, though, he was forced to come back when a counterattack was launched. Tiberius was pleased with the work that Maurice was doing, but was unable to do anything about the Avars, and in the end was forced to give Sirmian up to them. 
This may have stopped hostilities from the Avars, but by this point the Slavs had reached Athens and were causing a lot of problems in Greece, which is not ideal. No. No. But there's nothing Tiberius could do about this because he was dying. Who? Tiberius. Why? Well, it was he too attractive? <laughs> Maybe. It would appear that he had been poisoned. Oh. Now, we have no suspects. And many historians think that this was actually accidental food poisoning. <laughs> he did not die quickly, and he was able to make arrangements. Maurice was called back to the capital, and so was a relative called Germanus. They were both married off to his daughters, and they were both named Caesar. The plan seemed to be to split the empire into two. Well, that always works well. Best. I mean, it's always worked in the past so brilliantly. Yeah. However, Tiberius seemed to have a change of heart. As it became clear that he was definitely going to die, Tiberius elevated Maurice to the rank of Augustus, and not Germanus. His last words to Maurice were, Let my sovereignty be delivered to thee with this girl. At that point, he points to one of his daughters. <laughs> be happy in the use of it, mindful always to love equity and justice. Oui, monsieur. Et she'll endure. I hope be happy in the use of it was in reference to his sovereignty, not his daughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, that's a horrible message. Yeah. Oh, mon ami. <laughs> Let me show you why we are the best at love. <laughs> no, Maurice. <laughs> Bad Maurice. Not on the deathbed. <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> I wish I was dead. Enchanté. <laughs> that can be arranged. <laughs> so next week's gonna be a fun episode. <laughs> so Tiberius then dies. Aww. According to Paul the Deacon, there was much mourning for a beloved emperor. Oh, he, yeah, he, I'm surprised how well he did for such a short, apparently short time. He's done really well. Yeah, you really get the sense that he could have been damned good. He then, knew, he, knew he could talk the talk. Yeah. He could mostly walk the walk. He looked damn good while doing all that. And just someone unfortunately decided to reheat some chicken one day instead of like cooking something new and you've got to be careful when reheating chicken you have. or maybe he cooked it himself he didn't wash his hands oh maybe and he ate a prune afterwards or something or a plum oh. but yeah unless he was murdered <gasps> in which case we get to choose who murdered him yes so let's say he was murdered go on who murdered him ah Maurice he was way out of the city at the time right. could have had someone do it I suppose Sophia's Just, not dead. Justinian? Yeah, maybe Justinian. Maybe you framed Sophia. me. Yeah. Sophia's trapped away. Oh, you think so? It was Sophia and Tiberius. Sophia and Justinian didn't stage a coup. It was all a frame job. So to get revenge, they murdered him. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe it was an Avar assassination. Oh. Oh, it's, it's been a dodgy chicken. Yes. <laughs> okay, right. Well, there we go. Should we rate him? Yeah. Fightius Maximus. Okay, mixed bag for Fightius Maximus. He did personal fighting. That's mm -hmm. the first for a while. He fought against the Avars under Justin. He won some battles, although he did lose others. War, in total, was a draw. As emperor, he continued the war with Persia, and he did not lose, despite the fact the Persians were arguably stronger at this point. So keeping them at bay, no easy task, but he managed it. Under Tiberius, Justinian, and then Maurice managed to defeat the Persians several times, but they also lost several times. Again, that war was pretty much a draw by the time Tiberius died. Mm. In Italy, he defended parts of Italy, including the city of Rome. The Lombards got no more land, 
And also an African revolt was put down. Yeah. However, the big things in the bad column is there's just no big story here, is there? No. It's not even really a big win. There's a few battles that were won, but no wars. It's a lot of putting out fires. Yeah, There exactly. wasn't really an opportunity, was there? So I think it's as a circumstance rather than yeah. choice or ineptitude. I mean, one of his armies reached the gates of Tessaphon. That's impressive. But yeah. equally, they didn't raid Tessaphon. That's not impressive. They probably didn't need to. But I guess it's like walking up to Mount Everest, isn't it? They're not bothering climbing up it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that impressive. Um, yeah. The Slavs also were raiding freely in his land at the time of his death. That never looks good. Very mixed bag, that. I see more positives than negatives. He's putting out a lot of fires. Yeah. He's doing what he can at the time. And he got further into Persia than anyone has in hundreds of years, right? Oh, yeah. yeah there were some deep raids into Persia. They went were. deep into the Persians. But equally, the Persians were getting quite deep into his land as well. So, oh. Yeah. I I think better than five. Yeah. I'm thinking like six. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, thinking around seven. five. Because I'm quite impressed. He's done better than I was expecting. I was supposed to know the Justin. <laughs> I'll give him six. You know what, I'll join you. I'll join you on six. There's a 12 for Phytius Maximus. Aprovium Crazium. Uh, nothing. Nothing at all. I mean, maybe he made up that plot against him from Sophia, but quite possibly he didn't. Zero. I don't know, can we give him a point for anything at all? Well, it always makes me sad when we give zero for this round. Because it's not as if we've got nothing on him at all. He must have done something. He didn't, though, did he? No, he did nothing. No, it's got to be zero. Success Ultimus! He was extremely popular throughout his time of being emperor. Yeah. He reduced taxes for the people, and he gave money out when it was found. He spent his time building up the forces in the empire, creating a new guard called the Federates. This is the very start of the Varangian Guard that we'll get to know quite well later on in this series. Okay. Vikings. <gasps> no Vikings yet, though. Oh, yeah. One source claimed that Tiberius, and I quote, preferred that his subjects should share the imperial authority with him rather than being tyrannically governed, but like slaves. Well, he was a fair and equal ruler, apparently. Mm. He stopped the persecutions of the Monophysites. Yeah. That's good. Uh, he did lots of building works in the palace, apparently. Like, well, he dug up a lot of tiles. Dug up a lot of tiles, yeah. <laughs> that story didn't mention that this was actually the 1,429th tile he dug up <laughs> on the off chance there was gold. <laughs> it's just a hobby of his. <laughs> I'm thinking that one today. Also, don't forget, the palace is full of wooden bars and blocked up doorways at this time, so he had to have all that removed. Yeah. Yeah. Extensive building work going yeah. on. On his deathbed, apparently he told Maurice that the best epitaph he could have would be Maurice's good rule, which is just a nice thing to say to a, his successor. I will rule with honour, monsieur. So I mean, there's a lot in the good column. Bad. He may have stopped the persecution of the Monophysites, but when the Aryan guardsmen from his new Federate Guard asked for services to be held for their Aryan beliefs, Tiberius bowed to pressure and would not allow it. Aryan was just too far. Allow them off sites, but not the Aryans. I guess so, because you know there might be a, a lot of annoyed people. Yeah. He's, he's gotta, he's gotta, you've got to play that. He may well have been very generous, but that meant that the Empire was far poorer at the end of his reign than at the start. He lifted a lot of very heavy taxes, but that meant the Empire stopped getting as much money. I guess a lot of fighting as well, that's going to sap your cash as well. Yeah. A lot of defence. I mean, the 
the army were definitely in a stronger position. He put effort and time to build the armies up. Um, so that's good. Hmm. There's a little bonus here, because this is clearly ridiculous, but it's interesting. He may be in an Arthurian legend. Really? Yeah. There is a Lucius Tiberius who demands that Arthur, while fighting in France, bow down to the Roman Empire. Arthur apparently tells them to do one. <laughs> Direct quote there. Um, and then defeats him. Now, this Tiberius is uh, based in Rome. However, there are some suggestions that the Tiberius is actually based on this Tiberius. So that's Interesting. Where, where he comes from. Another possibility is Glycerius, interestingly enough. Maybe that character's based on Glycerius. Yeah. But there you go. He might have got into a, a legend of King Arthur. That's very cool. Well, I think he's doing really well for success. He's done a lot for the Empire, apart from it being poor at the end. Yeah, that's quite a biggie. Um, but when you look at the people, like if you're an everyday person, you're probably very happy at the time. Well, I've got more cash. Um, I can drink now as much wine and bread as I want. Yeah. He said he can drink bread because he's drunk on a wine. You're no longer dying of plague because he miraculously stopped that by yeah. magic. He's throwing coins at you. Which yeah. annoys him to start with, but I think, ah, they're coins, it's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deal with the bruises. Um, yeah, I think if you're just a member of the public in Constantinople, you're going to have loved him. And look at him. He just looks like an emperor. Look, look at his locks. Yeah. Oh. And especially when you compare him to the mad one or the really old dead one yeah. that we've had recently. I mean, he just he's looking good, isn't he? So even though the empire... Even though the Empire's now poorer and they've you know, they haven't quite got the stretch they had in Italy before and you know, a few bits by to the edge by the Avars and stuff. I'm gonna give him a seven. Oh, I was thinking seven as well. Yeah. We've matched up now, that scores. I think seven's about right though. It's not up there in the eights or the nines no. because he doesn't do anything amazing. But from a very shaky ground, I mean he's got no name behind him. No. He builds himself up from being the poster boy of the scribe centre. Mm. And uh, he becomes the emperor. And maybe it's a good thing he died early, because then it doesn't all go wrong under him. That's true, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's done all right. Hmm. Yeah, now I'm going to give him seven. Image of Okay. What's he look like? Ah. Uh, Do you think when he sent his troops off to Italy they found buried in the mud Majorian's glint oh yeah <laughs> and they brought it back for him oh must have done yeah that's that's a uh, a bum chin a big smile good hair okay well that's what you think he looks like this is what the coin said he looks like uh, oh <laughs> um, a bit, bit weird his eyes are sort of melted into his glasses he's got a thick neck really small arms like yeah. really freakishly small hands he seems to be holding a, a bird on a stick do you think that's to celebrate his defeat oh, of the something else. Yeah. <laughs> yes I, th I thought it was sort of like a flaming torch with a with a with an advantage at the side <laughs> a flaming phallus oh he's also got like wrapped around him you know the things that cowboys used to wear like uh, just straps of bullets oh, diagonally yeah. across them Oh, it's got cool. a got what are they called? Mm. Oh, is it a, a gondolier? Is it no? I think it begins with B. Bandolier. Is it? Yeah. I think something like that. Something like so that. It's something Chewbacca wears. Yeah, well, he's got one of them on. He's he's strapping. That's all he's doing. <laughs> he's a strapping young lad. Yeah. yeah. Other side, very boring. Yeah, Christian cross on four level. levels of I don't know 
look like pyramids thing. Yeah, it does say Konob on the bottom. Which quite it funny. does say Konob, which is funny. Um, so he's getting no bonus points for his rear, uh, but I'd quite like the front of his coin. It's very interesting. It's it's one of the better coins we've come across, but it's not amazing. And that's not amazing. I'm gonna give him a six. Oh, I was gonna say six, but just because we've matched up every one this time, I'm gonna go for seven. Three point two five for Imago Facius. How long do you think he lasts for? Not long. I guess like four years, five years. Yeah, but I think we're going to be generous because I'm actually going to count the time that he took over from Justin. Fair enough. Because he was essentially emperor. At the time. He was essentially emperor. Fair so we're going to count that time again as well, which actually gives him from five seven four to five eight two, which okay. is eight years. That's not bad. Not great though, is it? No, it's not great. No. That gives him a score of... One. Oh, okay. Yes. Of course, yeah. Yeah. So, which gives him a total of... 30.25, which means he doesn't quite beat his number one. No, Although that does make him one of the best number twos we've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's, that was, I was impressed, actually. I enjoyed that. But... Oh. Is he worthy? Uh-huh. Do they have a certain genesis? Don't know. <laughs> I think if you don't know, that kind of answers it, doesn't it? Well, I don't know, because there are reasons I would give it to him. As in, give him the genesis. <laughs> Not just because it's good looks. Um, but... I don't know. Because I, I, I think he could get it. He's doing he's doing really well, but he's, he's done nothing spectacular. Yeah, that's the problem. I... Like you say, he's a pleasant surprise. You don't expect things to go well at this stage. And he really wasn't bad. He just wasn't... He has no outstanding story. That's the problem. You get the impression yeah. he could have been a really good emperor, but he wasn't around long enough no. for anything exceptional to happen. No, he was not. So I'm going to have to say no. Fair enough. I'll, I'll go with no as well. Which is a shame. That is a shame. I think, like, can we put him in the... Instead of like throwing him to the lions, can he sit on the side and maybe feed the lions or something? We'll let him choose which limb he wants to be fed to the lions, but then after that he can go and watch the competition. That's okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Because we're kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. He can be the poster boy for the. Yes, he can. Before or after he's had a limb gnawed off. Probably before. During. <laughs> <laughs> let people know. Not only will I get to see lions savaging people, uh, they'll look damn good whilst it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And you know he's going to pout. Right. Well, okay. That's this week then. Sorry, Tiberius. Not quite good enough, but not too bad. No, you should be proud of yourself. Yeah. For the short time you had, you, you did a lot for the people. Right. Thank you very much for listening then. But before we go, we, we reached a milestone. We did. We did. A few days ago. Can't remember when exactly. Yeah, a few days ago. Yeah. We have reached half of one million downloads. That is amazing. That's almost like saying quarter of two million yeah yeah well it's two quarters of a million one eighth of four million oh one sixteenth of eight million and we couldn't do it without you guys no i mean technically i suppose we could have done but it would have been long and tedious <laughs> downloading half a million of our episodes yeah. so thank you for all of you who listen to us we really do appreciate it um and we've updated our wordpress site yes to to include many things. Our WordPress site is now... Uh, easier to navigate. Easier to navigate. It's also got our American president stuff on there. 
um, and we'll include our whiskey stuff on there as well Ooh. at some point but we've also put lots of new stuff on so if you've not seen it before or not seen it for a while go and have a look it's got some behind the scenes stuff um yeah i just took some photos of some conversations that me and jamie had on whatsapp two years ago when we were thinking of what to do as a podcast mm. so you can see how the magic all began um but also all the maps are now up to date there's maps for the entire series on there there's doodles that we've done um i can't know what else there's just generally stuff so go and check that out so thank you very much for listening congratulations to pontifax who have now really started yeah yeah they're rating real popes now yeah on so Peter. Well done good episode for those guys um and uh yeah thanks for listening and until next time oh i wonder what's under that slab i should get my tuning fork and find out goodbye goodbye It's Tiberius. I don't care what you're called. I would like a gluten-free, dairy-free sandwich made from the finest millet. Look, I am honor bound to take you to Constantinople and return you to your people with no harm done to you. Apart from that, I am not making you sandwiches. I am not plumping your pillows. I am not, and I repeat this, I am not fluffing your feathers. I don't know why you're making such a fuss about plumping my feathers. Your your subordinate plumped my feathers really well. Now let's see. Let's look how beautiful they are. Let me look in this bag. And, uh, oh, where, where have they gone? My, my feathers have gone. Tybee, my, my feathers have gone. Oh, dear. Well, you must go and find them. Your honour bounds look after us, so you must go and find them, trace the rotters down, and bring back my feathers. I'm sorry, you want me to what? Go and fetch my feathers. I'm not fetching your fe- Look, you're still alive, aren't you? I feel nude! I'm nude! You're wearing plate armour, man! I feel so nude! I can't fly like this! You can't fly! How dare you! <laughs>